Hello and welcome to Leviathan News. It's October 3rd and we got our big roundtable today to talk about the short-term incentive program. Uh, in addition to the regulars, Garrett, DeFi Advisor, and Windmoon, we also have Atomist from Castle Corp. Uh, we have Louie from, uh, like, Lou, where, where are you from again? Oh, I can't hear you. I think you're on mute. Uh, perennial. Uh, from Perennial. And we also got AJ with uh, some GMX logo here in the background. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, I'm from the Perennial Core team as well with Louie. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So it's good to have you guys on. And uh, we might have some other people dropping in here as we go forward with the live stream, but uh, we'll dive right in. So we have just gotten to the end of the application period for the first round of the Arbitrum short-term incentive program. I believe we had roughly pro or like roughly 100 projects that applied for over 120 million ARB with 50 million ARB to be distributed over two rounds. Uh, so what were you guys' initial thoughts on the application period? Do you think it went in line with what you had expected with this, with this grant round? Uh, were there any like outliers of uh, applications that you saw? And um, we can who, see who wants to start. Um, either AJ or Adam, Mr. Lou, you want to take it and go ahead? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the, the kind of window they laid out was pretty straightforward. I think maybe um, things moved a little faster than a lot of teams expected. Um, and you saw that in quite a few in ineligible submissions, um, people trying to maybe, you know, backstop their own operating costs or, um, you know, incentivize some long-term strategies or some builders on their platforms, for example. So it wasn't exactly clear to everyone um that this was just a three-month short-term incentive program to kind of boost metrics on arbitrum and kind of collect data about how grants should be um, spent within the ecosystem um but i think you know through all the support of um the guys on the forums uh, and helping run the ops on the dow side um most people kind of adjusted their their proposals to to get in back within scope again So I, I do have uh, a couple of questions about that. Like when we when we look at the proposals, there was a lot of um, uh, like top heavy incumbent requests, like with GMX and also some of the other bigger protocols like Lido, uh, requesting several mil several million ARB for these incentives. Uh, but then you also have a lot of like mid tier to like very small projects uh, that we're also requesting as well too. So like, how do you think the breakdown is going to happen uh, here with uh, the ARB distribution? Yeah, it seems like naturally that I guess the, the kingmakers on Arbitrum are going to get rewarded um, as they should. I think the what's unclear is like, where does the, the middle ground get sorted out? Because mm -hmm. it's sort of like, look like GMX is like sort of earned their roses and like the DAO should be willing to like give it to them and um, like Treasure and others who have really... Um, I guess like drove the ecosystem forward but then i think there's a lot of proposals that have been made by by teams that have either you know incentivized their own volume or tvl on the platform um like how do you compare that to someone to a protocol who's like just starting out and has unincentivized volume um 
And I, it's just like a bit of a knee-jerk reaction is one thing. I'm not saying like there shouldn't be ARB incentives, but it's also just like, okay, there's been TBL that's sort of siphoned away into, into things like base and optimism. And the, uh, I guess the knee-jerk reaction is just to like, yep, let's, let's incentivize things and um, just kick off that flywheel. So yeah, I don't, it doesn't feel like it's the most like strategic uh, rollout, but at the end of the day, um, I'm glad Arbitrum is willing to compete on that front. So if you look at it, right, there's the 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 guys who proposed this is Stable Labs, I think, Stable something. Uh, these guys have put down some um, sort of not requirements, but uh, frameworks in terms of what size everybody should be um, asking for. And these frameworks mainly are revolved around two metrics which is TVL and volume that the projects have been doing. So if you've done higher TVL, if you, if, sorry, if you have higher TVL or, you know, if you're, if you're a trading platform and you've done higher volume, you should be able to ask for more incentives. Now, like the, the idea of whether that's a smart strategy or not, uh, obviously is yet to be determined, but the, 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 the point is it is just a framework, right? And, um, at the end of the day, this is unlike the foundation. Uh, this is a DAO uh, proposal, right? So the DAO at the end of the day has full autonomy to be able to say, actually, you know what? GMX deserves less, GMX deserves more uh, for whatever reason they choose, right? So like what's gonna be interesting to me is gonna be watching what actually, you have all these thousands of different holders of ARB, thousands of different delegates, what is going to be the deciding factor for each of them coming together uh, and really deciding which projects actually deserve uh, incentives and how much do they deserve? And obviously we have an overcommitment already, right? We have 120 million uh, ask with only 50 million uh, available. And obviously that's, that's to be expected. Over two rounds as well too. Yeah. And that just means that, you know, what, what actually, uh, who, who are we actually going to give these incentives to? And, and, and it's going to be interesting to watch, really, what the DAO decides. Is there any, do, do you have any, like, thumb, or does anyone have, a, like, a thumb on the kind of political will of, of what the Arbitrum community is to fund and what they might, like, again, like, fund in the mid-tier? We already know that GMX is the lifeblood. They probably might be on the high end still. Uh, but like, which is what are some of the other projects that are are standouts, uh, kind of in the the middle tier? Maybe autonomous might have autonomous might have a grasp on this. Yeah, I mean, what we saw is pretty much um, all the biggest requests came from perps. Really, I mean, that's because perps are generally like the lifeblood of Arbitrum. Um, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. We do we do see it, you know. Um, as soon as perps get volume and generate um, fees, we see those fle fees like flow through the entire ecosystem into secondary vault products and into further yields um, around. So incentivizing perps is um, it's probably a good thing. Um, but it, as you said, it's about getting that number right. Um, obviously, GMX asking for 28% of the 50 million is a huge amount, um, but you would get a lot of GMX proponents arguing that that is completely warranted based on, you know, their volumes, their fees, 
their TVL that they um, achieved with V1, and now they're just trying to bootstrap V2 in in a in a similar vein. Um, you've then got their competitors in Mux and Gains asking for, although lower, still huge amounts. Um, so it's about, you know up to the delegates to to real, figure out what is um, reasonable. Um, whether GMX, who are trying to put like a new innovative product in their V2, incentivize that and bootstrap their V2, versus you know Mux, which is still operating on a V1 basis, trying to incentivize their V1 LP still, along with their aggregator, for example. So there's many different ways. Um, more on the middle level, you have big incumbents coming in like Lido, like Aave, um, who maybe haven't. Um, been that close to Arbitrum, but still think they deserve like quite a big share of the pie. Um, to be fair, both of those applications, I believe, you know, they applied for 12 month grants. So they didn't even, you know, read the grant properly and, and really think about what they were doing. Maybe they just cut and paste from, you know, every other chain they, they go and try and harvest grants from. Um, and then probably lower down, you've got like Arbitrum native guys like Radiant, Camelot, Jones, um and the rest who you probably will see the community back whether or not they get given it the you know the amount they've asked for is another question um and you've also got um radiant for example was one flagged for us uh in that 70 percent of their incentives are going to ddl dlp which is essentially is a radiant lp so um you'll get probably the community looking at things like that and thinking, you know, I don't want to just pump your token. I want to see um, a waterfall and trickle down of incentives um, through not just the protocol, but how does that protocol then touch other protocols and affect the wider ecosystem? Yeah, especially with the <clears throat> the perps right now. I mean, with volatility as low as it is, I mean, the fees were already kind of diminished. So <clears throat> I don't know, maybe we get maybe we get an increase in volatility as well with the addition of these uh, incentives that, that drive a lot more trading volume into Arbitrum. I guess that would be the hope. And then then you have all these like second order protocols that are built on top that would benefit from from this. Yeah, with regard to perps, do you think it should be a consideration of the delegates, whether it's like taker versus LP incentives within a perps platform? Because I guess what we've seen with OP incentives on optimism is that um, protocols like Quenta, Polynomial, um, they've basically just had a heap of OP rewards for just like trader rebates and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I guess if you if you are like sort of run in those circles, you know that it's heavily wash traded. Like even on low volatility days, you know someone could pull out like a hundred million dollar day, um, which is sort of crazy. Like it's obviously not retail flow. Um, so I think that is going to be. I mean, there's probably an interesting forum post in that. Like, is that the activity that Arbitrum really wants? Yeah, that's an interesting point. I think the 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 big thing to watch will be, like you guys mentioned, like how GMX uh, compares to its rivals, right? And what sort of like political like backlash there might be, like, or if there's any sort of. Uh, issues raised by some of the smaller ones saying like GMX got outsized rewards. Obviously they have more pull within the community. Like we didn't really get funded at all. Look at all the, you know, you guys are essentially like picking GMX to be the winner out of, out of this when it should be like well distributed across these 
perp platforms. But there is a bunch of perp platforms on there. That is, that is, you know, uh, like one of the bigger trends. Um, is there anything? Is there anything outside of the perps that? Uh, I, I know there was some bridges that were getting funded as well too. Like, is there anything non-DeFi in these in these grants? There's a couple of gaming um, projects and a couple of gambling projects, but I think above of that, there's maybe uh, you know more community-led quest stuff from Galaxy. Mm -hmm. um, but really, yeah, the bulk of it is DeFi. And I think we kind of saw that even in the specs for like how much, you know, you should be requesting. It was all pretty TVL based. And I think you, we saw a comment from Treasure Dow, you know, Magic saying like um, even the spec wasn't necessarily fit for purpose. But I don't they've not come through with a proposal of any sort. But I think a couple of games they're backing are here. Yeah. But they're like tiny games with like tiny market caps. So I guess like if you look at it, this will be sort of like uh, meta defining where in the sense that the Arbitrum Foundation will learn like or at least who, whomever's proposing these will learn, you know, what what the uh, advantages and disadvantages of of their rule set that they provided for going into the next proposal. Are these are these short term incentive programs? Is it going to be like a, a longer term incentive uh, distribution mechanism? Like, are they going to be able to distribute 50 million ARB every six months for the next, I don't know, 10 years or something like that? Or will they kind of like pivot, maybe do smaller ones after this? Um, do you have any idea on on what the uh, that like next few rounds will be? I think I think it'll be interesting to see what what happens. I mean, I, I think you know for the for the beginning of the vote, I think it was at twenty five million. Looked like it was a clear winner, and then it kind of bumped back up. But mm -hmm. I mean, they they asked for seventy five million in the beginning, um, and I don't think that that um, that was too palatable. And like you know, you can kind of see by the end of it. I think everyone kind of understood that you know this is you know a trading incentives thing. You know, we're, we're looking at what Optimism is doing and and, and other protocol uh, other blockchains. Um, and they were like, we want some of that action too. Um, and I think you kind of see it, right? Like in the um, in the in the outline, it's really based kind of like you know towards perps or biased towards perps in the sense that you know like you know trading volume and TVL is kind of that metric and everyone in that ecosystem. Um, so you know, I think it remains to be seen uh, how effective this is. I think it'd be interesting to see if there was um, time between seasons. So I'm sure you know once we get to to January. Um, people are going to be wondering, you know, what's next, you know, can we keep this going? Um, but it'll be interesting to see if this can kickstart something or, or if, you know, the community decides to jump straight into um, backing up the rewards again and keeping the kind of the tokens flowing. Um, either way, I think it'll be interesting to see what the community decides on, on that second, uh, second vote. Yeah, because the metrics have shown that, that uh, Arbitrum's really lost a lot of TVL to OP and base over the past three months. Uh, with with base essentially or coinbase essentially teasing out a, a token like potentially like we may or may not but we may we may not launch a token uh, i think that's driving a lot of tvl over there people say like okay let's just go do stuff on base and maybe there'll be some reward incentive in the future as well as the friend tech as well too really dominating the uh, the narrative at the moment um the i think the 
the the trading aspect again like in these in these kind of like bear market low volatility times where there's just not a lot of users uh, across the entire ecosystem you're you're really relying on a bunch of whales to kind of bring tvl back and um you know hopefully not be mercenary at the end of the day which i think is the biggest issue uh and and like you guys are saying like the big issue is that you know can we can these incentive program be designed so that like downstream protocols of the the major players like gmx or whomever are building on top of uh perf platforms can get significant tvl and and size locked in during these next three months so that's a really interesting point right because uh nowhere in the in this dip proposal itself uh was any real effort made to make this non-mercenary mm. right uh like essentially they've said please dump these tokens as hard as you possibly can and do it as fast as you possibly can because you only have three months to do it right it's uh from a protocol perspective once you get these you're almost you have this essential quota right you have to spend this money uh and then you know like um most protocols themselves are not taking any uh strides to make that non-mercenary either right again it's one of those things where you know i think a lot of pr protocols are thinking well if arbitrum doesn't care or if the proposal makers don't care then why should we care to make them uh, not immediately dumped, right? But there are a few protocols like Umami, right? Like what we're doing is um, trying to give these incentives in, in a way that um, is going to be positive to Arbitrum's ecosystem rather than like immediately dump. And the way that we're doing that is making sure that anybody who does want to dump the tokens, uh, they have to pair uh, and lock essentially some Arbitrum with the protocol uh, to actually have to get those in the first place, right? So if you want to farm, you can farm, but um, basically once you've farmed, uh, you've got to lock some Arbitrum tokens and that kind of aligns incentives, right? So if you're locked for four months with some Arb, uh, you're already, you know, um, in a position where you're uh, long Arb, you're, you're aligned with Arbitrum so uh, yeah, it makes it harder to dump those incentives. It makes it slower to dump those incentives. And even if, uh, and, and obviously in a perfect case, uh, because you are aligned, hopefully the people that are getting these tokens are also uh, also want them, right? Also want more voting power in Arbitrum or whatever. But yeah, apart from us and apart from Dolomite, I don't think I've seen another proposal uh, trying to do any of that. Uh, and, and what I really wish is that sure, right? Like this proposal, this step, this whole step thing was made without this in mind. But uh, after seeing, hopefully, like if we do get our incentives and if this does function well uh, to serve as, wow, actually, you know, this was a better way to give incentives rather than just letting people dump them. Maybe we'll see on a step level uh, this sort of idea being used where like pr pr protocols that want to get these grants they need to show some way that they're going to be positive to arbitrum as well uh, and not just be immediately dumped into mercenary hands mm -hmm. yeah i just want to say yeah props to firstly dolomite for for you know thinking of that uh, mechanism and for umami following on i just want to add that um you know this this short-term program like it, it's meant to be like a learning process um and a learning curve for us um so as you say like we'll see 
who had the best proposal, who thought about, you know, their incentive mechanisms and reducing cell pressure on R properly. Um, as Louis said, I think there will be, you know, a time afterwards where there will be a dead zone with no incentives carrying on. And we can really look at the after effects uh, of some of these. Which ones were mercenary capital that just completely flee? And which ones kind of start retaining um, those users still? And then from there, we can look at which protocol was successful and why. It might not just be because of their product, but because of you know other mechanisms they laid on top as well. So I think that's going to be really important. You know, the the three months, 50 mil might sound like a lot in a short period of time, but I mean, it's really not compared to, you know, what the treasury has. We could do um, a lot of these out, you know, spanning 20 plus years if we wanted to, you know. So that's not the problem. It's about um, putting the analysis in place afterwards uh, and for delegates to be as educated as possible as, as to where incentives should flow and, and for what reasons. You know, it's funny. I, th <clears throat> I think of Curve in this situation where, you know, they have a like VE social system that effectively distributes their governance token to the like most deserving liquidity pools. But in this sense, I mean, we almost have a similar VE system where the, the, the DAO is essentially distributing tokens to the most deserving protocols at the time. Um, and it might be actually a good model for the long term where you know, you have continuous incentivization of, of protocols for, I don't know, 20, 30, or however long you can make it sustainable, maybe, maybe infinitely sustainable. Uh, but the, the projects are able to essentially get new, like gauge voting every couple of weeks or months uh, to be able to bring new money into the protocol. I think, yeah, um, I think this will, I'm sorry. It's a little bit more of an ordeal, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit more of a process with, with Curve. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of bribing. Uh, I hope not to see any bribing anytime soon on Arbitrum grants, but uh, who knows, right? This is the DAOs. But yeah, it's, it's uh, like, I, I'm sure next time again, uh, one of the big considerations that's going to come into play with the next grants, especially for people who already got the grants, is, you know, okay, you got, you got however much you got, and how did that actually produce any results, right? Mm -hmm. That's where, uh, you know, this trial and error of this is going to come into play because, um, you know, the ones that do have like this sort of mercenary capital and then it just flees in that down period, I'm sure the DAO is going to be looking at those protocols uh, with a bit of disgust and saying, wait a second, you know, we gave you this many million last time and where the fuck is it now, right? Yeah. Yeah, speaking of the bribes, I actually saw a bunch of projects proposing to do like token matching. So there were there were several that said, "Okay, you're going to give us five hundred thousand ARB." Okay, in addition to that, we're going to put up, you know, like X number of our tokens to also incentivize as well. Too, I wonder if that becomes like the de facto standard as well, too, where the arbitrum, at least if if there can be more token emissions tied to whatever sort of grant that's being passed out, that is almost like a uh, a matching program. Grant matching, I yeah. think, is uh, a smart. Sorry, let me quickly just say, uh, I think grant matching is is a smart way for protocols who aren't. Uh, you know, we talked about protocols who aren't dedicated to Arbitrum, like uh, as Atomist put it, there are some that kind of apply to grants on every single chain. So, what really keeps them here on Arbitrum? What what is their commitment? 
And I think grant matching is a way to show that. But other than that, especially if you're an Arbitrum native protocol, uh, there are a ton of Arbitrum native protocols that don't even have a token yet, right? And that was a big problem with the airdrop. Uh, a ton of protocols didn't get the airdrop because they had no uh, tokens, so they weren't decentralized enough and therefore couldn't get the airdrop. Um, and uh, that's, that's one thing that we don't want to see, I think, uh, with the way the grants are given out, right? We want to... I think the grant matching works perfectly for projects that aren't dedicated to Arbitrum to show dedication. But other than that, uh, I think it's, it's, it's supposed to be careful around that. Mm -hmm. But go ahead, Louis. I, I yeah, did you? Yeah, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, uh, I, I was just, yeah, gonna, gonna say the same point in, uh, in that, yeah, it's a bit hard for some, uh, some protocols who don't have a token um, to, to be able to kind of match alongside. Um, and, you know, I feel like, there's a lot of community that is brought with a token in, in some aspects, like you look at kind of like GMX and, and, and the major kind of perps and, and different DeFi protocols, having a token makes community relatively sticky, you know, instead of it just being kind of like an application that you use, it becomes kind of like a community that you're involved in, that you have a stake in and, and you have a say in as well. Um, and so like, I think that there's kind of a, you know, a, a difference between those with and those without, and that it's kind of a hard line to kind of figure out, you know, is it uh, is who's more deserving who who should um who should be able to get these grants when you know at all of these different protocols are in different parts of their life cycle um you know some are some are quite nascent some are quite mature um and and how do you weigh those against each other you know is is something the next gmx or is um or is it or is it kind of you know not going to be um something in you know three five years um so yeah i think it's i think it's interesting to kind of juxtapose those two kind of different types of protocols and, and how they they're going to fare in the in the boat mm -hmm. should the should the dow slash foundation or um be using these these grants as a way to kind of like lock in projects to the arbitrum ecosystem uh you know we haven't seen anything like non-competes to say like okay you're going to get these incentives and for the life of the incentives we don't want you to deploy on opier base we we want you to stay here. We'll give you all the brand support that you need, uh, but we don't want you to be as like dynamic and cross chain as you could be. I think it's interesting to see um, stuff like that be added in, maybe in the next round. Like I think I think if you look at the proposal as a whole, I think it's quite interesting. You know, if you look at it as like a test, um, a fifty million um, ARB test. Um, I think I think it will be interesting to see what gets added in and what gets taken out in the next ones. I think the the hard focus on um, streaming incentives and making sure that you've got like a contract contract based mechanism to to distribute um, is quite limiting in some aspects. And there might be other more creative things that can be done um, and and can bring a, a lot more value. But I think I think you know as a first test, this is you know I think you know while some people might be unhappy, some people might be very happy. I think it's a good place to start. You know, you had to start somewhere. And if, if it was that committee for the next, you know, six months about what the optimal program is, then we wouldn't have any data to look at. So yeah, <laughs> as it is, I think it's, it's a good thing, but, but uh, maybe, you know, we'll, we'll see the parameters change over time. Yeah. Uh, and so coming back to like the projects themselves, like what were some of the standout ones that you got, that you guys all saw uh, from the first round of applications? Uh, I know when when you mentioned Dolomite and how they were setting up things. Uh, obviously, we'll we'll say that Umami 
is also very interesting as well too. Mommy, I think was the best one. Uh, <laughs> obviously, and then, and then second is perennial, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, obviously. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe you guys could like walk through your structuring on how you guys approach the uh, the application and uh, you know some of the things that you you thought about to to set yourself apart. Uh, from from our perspective, or from uh, like looking at other uh, other proposals' perspective. Well, I mean, just in in the whole, right? I mean, maybe maybe like women, you can go, and then Louis and AJ, you could talk about perennial as well too. Just about like the the grant writing process, like what went into your thinking about like how the liquidity sh should be set up. Maybe you can talk about the the program that's uh, or the application or like the execution uh, that's going to happen once the the grants are passed. So I can talk uh, very quickly about like the what what goes through my mind when I'm writing this is essentially as as an arbitrum holder what are the things that I care about right and for me it's that these fifty million ob that we're giving out is an in, is an investment right and should be treated as such like you expect to give these fifty million out and obviously maybe this one is going to be like the the litmus test and maybe the next ones are are going to be more refined but the idea is as a whole you give out 50 million and you expect more than 50 million in value back right to the arbitrum ecosystem and how do you retain that so from our perspective at umami we were, we're like focusing on like number one statistics so you know user data uh in terms of um deposits in terms of revenues all this kind of stuff but also in terms of um like uh it, the the protocol as a whole right and i think for us uh, one of the key things that i want to focus on and i'll be focusing on this in in our pitch soon is that given the nature of our protocol right the the tvl that we attract maybe it, it's it's obviously got to be less than anything we're built upon right we can only ever have as much tvl as gmx has or lower right like if we're built on top of gmx because every single dollar of TVL flows through us into GMX, right? Uh, and that means that, yeah, even though we might have uh, lower TVL, it just means that every single dollar of TVL is going to be way more sticky because of the nature of what we are building, right? Um, and uh, the same goes for, like, different projects like Jones and stuff. And so, like, yeah, we, we kind of focus on that. But there's also another part, which is uh, in terms of from a – perspective of who should Arbitrum really uh, back, right? Who should, who should they be backing? I think one of the things for us is, and it's definitely a thing that I consider is, is just as we were speaking about before, dedication to Arbitrum, right? And with us, we've been around since the very second month that Arbitrum was created, right? Umami is one of the oldest and most OG protocols. And we haven't moved to any other chain, right? The entire time we've been dedicated to Arbitrum. So it's another one of the things that we want to focus on. And then obviously the final thing being um, the incentivize the, the novel incentivization mechanism that we're using. That isn't just a win-win for us, but also a win-win for Arbitrum. Uh, and yeah. What about, you, what about you guys at Perennial? Um, yeah, so I think um, I think the way that we approached it was um, we're kind of in an interesting spot um, at Perennial. Like we have uh, very soon encountered probably in hours more than anything 
um, we have the next version of our protocol launching. So this was kind of almost a amazing coincidence that this um, incentives program kind of happened as it is. Um, but, you know, we, we're looking to kind of continue in the success that we had. You know, we originally launched on Ethereum, um, but, you know, after two months or so, we moved over to Arbitrum and that's where we really saw success. Um, and so we, we kind of want to continue what we did in, in V1 and, and try and use these incentives to kind of kickstart momentum on, on our markets, but also then look to direct um, towards more novel things. You know, you have the standard, you know, BTC, ETH, all these different markets um, that, that people normally trade. But, you know, looking at, you know, the ecosystem that Arbitrum has kind of supported, you know, we have different types of oracles, um, you know, coming online. We have RWA stuff that's happening and we want to see if we can tune these incentives to be able to kind of kickstart and see if, if there's a healthy market that can, can be supported on Arbitrum for those types of things. So I think... Um, we're interested to see that process. We're interesting to we're interested to tune over those kind of like bi week periods to see how we can we can kind of begin to create a healthy ecosystem in terms of markets, um, and then also look to see how we can make things more sticky. So looking for rewards in terms of like um, out like weighing rewards for LPs who who continue to use the platform um, and and don't kind of move around like mercenary capital things like that. Um, and then kind of like do a review back and look and see, you know, what do we need to tweak if there's another one of these proposals um, and, and kind of go from there. Um, one other thing as well is, is we want to see if we can kind of create markets or support markets that will be useful for other protocols to build on top of, you know, you've got, um, you know, uh, an options ecosystem being built, you've got, um, you know, interest rate swaps with Pendle, you know, all of these protocols need liquidity. They need things to be built on top of. And so if we can help, bootstrap that and we can kind of build those markets out for them i think that will be you know a multiplier for for what these rewards are um you know in terms of the arbitrum ecosystem as a whole and so we're looking to kind of see if we can prove out you know v2 we're looking to see if we can build out you know a bit more of an ecosystem and hopefully support new and novel um, markets uh in uh, in the arbitrum space so and you're you said your your v2 or like v2 launch or whatever next uh addition uh, of the product is going to be tied in with the short-term incentive program? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of coincided like that. Um, we're, we're pretty excited, you know, to, you know hopefully we'll, we'll be able to get um, uh, get the, the vote through. But, um, you know, if not, we're, we're excited to bring kind of V2 onto Arbitrum um, you know, in the next couple of days. So, um, you know, we're excited to see how that goes. And, you know, it differs a lot from some of the other platforms. Um, it should be quite exciting. Yeah, we hit the um, we hit basically the grant threshold with our V1, which was like unincentivized. Um, so we like sort of made our requirements there, and then we think our V2 is basically like orders of magnitude more capital efficient. And the the original proposal, like the TLDR, is like just 750k ARB, um, sort of split between makers and takers strategies. But we have are working with teams like Gauntlet, as Louis said, to like fine tune how that's distributed, and. Um, Ultimately, like we view it as the first step in terms of bootstrapping liquidity so that there can be an ecosystem built on perennial. So we've already got um, sort of one of the big DEX aggregators who's going to be launching derivatives yeah. by perennial um, after we launch V2 and um, sort of a host of like structured product integrations that we're excited to ship. Um, so yeah, hopefully this is like the first of, of many steps with, with Arbitrum DAO um, in building out an ecosystem on perennial. 
Yeah. And Adamus, as a like capital allocator, like how are you thinking about this uh, going into the like the voting round? Like, are you already deploying into certain positions or have like how has the end of the application period affected your your overall uh, portfolio? Well, I, I must say I'm, I'm much more wearing my governance delegate hat than uh, allocator these days. Um, so uh, obviously there will be people within um, within our group trying to find, you know, the alpha and, you know, who's got the smallest market cap to, to grant requests and stuff like that. Um, for me, I'm much more focused on your kind of governing principles we, we have around who we are going to allocate um, our votes to. Um, and, you know, every delegate is going to have a different opinion. It's a massively subjective thing. Um, for us, that is prioritizing, you know, Arbitrum native protocols, not just people that launched there, but people who have been there since, since day one, you know, they've committed to the chain and its stability, um, and its longevity over a, a good period of time. Um, next is probably more about the grant itself. We want to see grants and grants with goals, um, that not just like, oh, I want to see if my product has mar product market fit. Uh, if you give me some incentives, but you know, there should be second order waves happening from those incentives that you're putting through your product, that, which affect the wider ecosystem and then other pro projects around them to really amplify impact across the chain. Um, next is probably more about innovation. You know, we've only got 50 mil and you know, the, the ask is, you know, well over hundred mil. So we want to favor teams that are innovative that are building unique products that haven't been seen before necessarily. Um, you know, this is the driving force of crypto. This is where we want to align like this ARB that's here. We don't, maybe it's fair if everyone gets a small slice of the pie, but is there a reason we should, you know, incentivize, you know, another DEX that is using a third party concentrated liquidity provider, for example, versus, um, you know, it's good that we've got these two teams on here building products that, you know, in a different way to other people are building them um, and offering something that we haven't seen yet and that it's good to throw an incentive out and test out, you know, if it sticks or not. Um, and then we want to see the protocols that be, have been effective in the past, um, you know, and that, as I said just a minute ago, they're not just searching for product market fit here with their ARB. Uh, and if they are searching for product market fit with incentives, why aren't they using their own tokens or why aren't they matching tokens for that, for example? Um, and then finally, you know, Arbitrum is a chain of, of collaboration. So we want to see these teams be open to collaborating with others, both um, on a product level, but also, you know, on a social level as well. And that's why Arbitrum's come so far, you know, in this period of time since, since September 2021, you know, two years on now. And it just shows that We've come this far because teams have been scratching each other's backs constantly um, without the need for any incentives. Yeah, so I want to talk about the um, like milestones that you kind of like touched on. Uh, I know that some projects didn't provide any milestones for say like, okay, we're, we're just going to take, you know, we're requesting like a million ARB, but we only need 250,000 up front. And then based on these milestones, we're going to do X, Y, Z, then we'll receive more ARB. I know that Frax, uh, I believe, requested like 800,000. And then there was like another 700,000 on the back end once they doubled their TVL liquidity. 
or TVL or liquidity on on chain. Um, I wonder if that's the like defining change that we'll see within the the next round to say that you know we can we don't want to just give the full allocation now. We want to see much more objective oriented distributions to say like okay like you know uh, you know GMX you want to get twelve million uh, go do X Y Z like you know bring GLP liquidity up also increase you know trading volumes by this much like show growth uh, so that we can have like clear KPIs to say like okay we should we should allocate more money here and uh, that's probably going to be seen after the the end of these first season well yeah I'm unsure really because I mean the, the milestones that some people put in were obviously a positive thing to see they thought about mm -hmm. but they actually had to remove those milestones to get their proposals through. So we, they're using a streaming process now. Yeah. So at any point, if the DAO is unhappy with how they're going about um, distributing those ARB, or if the results are bad, the DAO can actually just turn off the tap whenever. Right. But is there, will there be political will to do that? I mean, like that, you know, like once, if there's a, you know, 600,000 ARB stream that's, that's going out and it requires, a certain voting level from from the DAO. Uh, I wonder if that's even possible to get after the kind of big omnibus votes go through. I think I think the way it was phrased in the um, in the proposal initial proposal was that the multi sig can um, pause the stream in terms of abuse. But I think yeah, like something pretty egregious has to happen um, uh, for the community to rally around and, and mm -hmm. make a specific snapshot for you know a proposal to stop streaming as long as like. If, if they could make the claim that they were within the the parameters that they set out in the proposal and that was voted through, then there'd probably need to be a vote to turn it off again. And I think that would take quite a lot of political will to, to kind of get that through. Do you think there'd be a movement towards like a intermediate grant committee uh, that that sits, you know, to manage these grants? I mean, you look at you look at something like Ave, which has like the Ave Chan uh, Ave Chan is a foundation, uh, and then also on Maker as well too. They have their uh, their own grant committee as well too. Uh, you know, some DAOs don't have it, uh, like Curve and, and Frax, but uh, others see the benefit of having like a intermediate uh, institution or not institution, but intermediate group that can like vet and and work with projects uh, before their uh, proposals even get to to the vote. The problem with that for me would be, I mean, I, th I think uh, from a builder perspective, right, uh, the truth is uh, having to go through this entire process uh, every three months would be, you know, it's going it's to cost a lot from, in terms of like uh, team energy and, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, so, so, you know, there, there could be like an upside to doing so. But the problem with a, um, a committee or something like that really is that, uh, especially in a grant that is so far reaching as this, right? Like Aave is just Aave, right? But Arbitrum is an entire chain. You know, it has Aave on it, it has Lido on it, it has us on it, it has Perennial on it, it has everybody on it. Um, with something so wide reaching, I think the bias that each individual will have, and I think that there is such such a bias for anybody who, who does care about Arbitrum, everybody who will be on that grant team will probably have uh, a bias. And there's going to be like a lot of, 
oh, well, this person has um, X, Y, Z. I don't know how Olympio put it in his post about Camelot, but, uh, you know, like this sort of uh, incentives towards other projects or other chains or whatever it may be. Uh, and those kind of things are just going to maybe create like it's going to be a bit messy right so i don't really know who could be on that governance team that is going to satisfy everybody but yeah it would be um it would be a difficult thing to put in place i think yeah so how does the how does the oh yeah no go ahead yeah i think it's um i think it's kind of like a, a a bit of a hard one right like you know everyone has some sort of implicit bias but i think kind of it what it boils down to is like, I mean, there's, there's, you know, how many applications I think were like in 60 or something um, asking for that, that 120 million um, ARB. And I think like voter apathy is going to be a hard one. Um, you look at the snapshot proposal, there's actually 30,000 votes on that, which is pretty amazing. Um, great turnout. But I, th I think the key thing is just for the community to delegate, like for anyone who's an ARB holder to, to go out and delegate their vote to somebody who aligns with their values. I think because, you know, for, for, for them, like going through every proposal is is almost a job. You know, they're saying, hey, I'm a delegate. This is this is what I'm interested in and I care about the ecosystem. And I don't think it's reasonable to ask, you know, 30,000 people to spend their time on the forum and, and do all of this type of stuff. And so I think, you know, when you look at like optimism and how they, they kind of had that drive to delegate was um, that was quite successful. I think that that Arbitrum should really push the similar thing, similar thing in the sense that we should have delegates that, you know, everyone stakes their, stakes their position and people delegate to, and then the voting process runs through like that. I think, you know, if you have these kind of um, not behind closed doors boards or, you know, people who, um, who whose job it is to do these kind of review committees and all this type of stuff, it, it can get a little bit murky where in the end of the day, it is, it is the votes that control the DAO. So Ideally, I think it should, the power should be passed along, you know, in, through the delegate system um, into like a snapshot vote rather than having kind of intermediate steps that filter because, you know, as Wenmin said, everyone has a little bit of a bias. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is tricky. I mean, whether you want to go the, the grants council route, which obviously optimism has done, but you, you can see there is, yeah, as you say, like there's conflict of interest going on there and some people may be getting hired for the job when, they, they aren't even that necessarily aligned with, with the ecosystem. I, I'm not sure that would really happen with Arbitrum. I think on Arbitrum, you've probably got more of the issue on the buyer side, like as Louis said. But I mean, this is no like small feat to to go through these proposals. I mean, we, we as a group have been doing it. We're about 50 through, like with full notes and full responses drafted. And I've got a team of, there's like 10 of us doing it. Like it's not easy. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, we're just doing it because we want to see Arbitrum move forward. Um, but you're ne not going to get like necessarily, um, voluntary good actors like doing this, as you, as they said, every three months, like just as it takes away from builders and the time they could be writing code, like it takes away from, you know, everything else that, you know, other kind of market participants and ecosystem participants can be doing. Yeah, so I yeah. think that there needs yeah, these, to be some sort of incentivization in some way. Yeah, these proposals are quite extensive <laughs> when you look at them. I mean, they must have taken a long time to, to write uh, for these teams. Uh, Jake in the, the chat asks about, I think I think you guys mentioned this, like delegates with voting, like an optimism style RPGFs uh, format. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, I mean, you know, retro public goods funding is this is kind of where there's a bit of um, you know ambiguity around this this program in itself because some people are trying to allocate capital and allocate ARB to push the push the environment forward over the next three months, and then you've probably got a whole another swathe of delegates who who are actually granting that ARB based on retrospective things. So um, maybe we do need a, a retroactive program as well but we also need a forward thinking program, you know, as this one's supposed to be. Yeah. So just to run through the application timeline again, the deadline for applications was the 27th of September uh, that ended last week. Right now we're in the review period. Uh, the review period goes from the 28th until tomorrow on October 4th. And then voting period starts on October 5th, which is going to be Thursday and it will continue until Thursday, the week afterwards. Uh, so like, what is going on right now? I know that you guys mentioned some community calls. Yeah, yesterday there was a pitching session that was organized um, by Stable Labs, which is actually a really good initiative. It's just like five minutes, um, basically just like a, a quick fire pitch of the TLDR of your proposal. Um, sort of got hijacked yesterday. But um, I think it'll be get fired back up today. But yesterday there was like Frax and um, Gaines, Perennial, Jones Dow, um, all got to sort of shoot their shot, which was cool. And then, how does the how will the voting work? Is it a just a, a snapshot vote, or how is the voting going to be done for the the wide amount of uh, arbitrum that needs to be distributed here? This was, a, this was a question that I had as well. I was kind of a little bit unsure about how it's going to work. I imagine it'll be a snapshot vote, but yeah, like going through the forum, it'll be all on day one, like, you know, like tens, you know, 50, 60, 70 votes all happening at once. And you have to kind of run through the list with your arbitrum and, you know, sign every single time, which will be kind of interesting. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think it's going to be um, a bit of a process for those that are, that are kind of have quite a lot of weight and, uh, and we'll be making sure they vote on every single one. There was a good mm -hmm. question from uh, Jacob Phillips in the comments, and I think you've already addressed this to some degree, but just generally, what do you think that the team could improve in the peer review process, like in terms of balancing speed and efficiency? Like, I think, I think Atomist, can, I mean, like, look, Atomist and Castle Cap, they have a team of 10 and the the end date is tomorrow. And I think you said that you're only 50 deep out of 100, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, so either you've got to do 50 in a day with a team of 10 or like, I don't know, right? So, so already it looks like uh, genuinely, I feel sorry for like, I mean, you guys are a team of 10, but I feel sorry for the individual delegates, right? And there are quite a few of them. How are they going to be able to like read each and every one of these and actually put some decent thought into this? Uh, and if a, a vote really does come about, like the, the truth is they're going to have to kind of rush their, their kind of um, uh, their, their feedback in this case, obviously, I think the next phase is the feedback phase. But whatever it is, right, like it's going to take uh, quite a lot of time to get some of this stuff out so you know it's either either it could have been 
um, a longer process or uh, maybe could have limited in terms of what what people sent because some proposals are extremely extremely long right like far too long in my opinion to a point where but but it also makes sense from the protocol side right you want to not only explain what your protocol does but you're essentially pitching why you should get this uh and and you know you should take all the time you have you should take as much uh, space as you possibly can um and so yeah it's it's just a lot of work i think uh, yeah it's 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 kind of hard to imagine these individual delegates just like sort of doing it right like it's near near impossible and each like proposal needs what north of 71 million arbitrum to actually pass to get your grant so yeah it does sort of seem like it will go down that path of a, a popularity contest because i don't know if you were like an unknown protocol how are you really going to get the attention of um i don't know just the major delegates like the eric walls of the world or the uh the chain link gods or you know whoever else on the arbitrum forums but yeah i hope that they can sort of be distributed um sort of throughout the proposals talk about that yeah, more there's yeah, a gonna be hard. the what, what's quorum again Quite 71 or something i think yeah, for, for each for each proposal yeah. oh wow so for the proposal to be valid um it, it needs to get 71 million and 50 percent positive um which I, in, in my mind is like that's the 71 million is, a, is the hurdle right like i think i think voter apathy might be more of a problem than um than you know uh, people voting in favor of your um wait can you hold on before we get here could, like are can we talk about how the voting is going to go is it like individual votes for each proposal or how is the the voting done here because i'm i'm a little bit confused on that i don't think anyone's that clear but i mean it must be they can't put like 100 plus options like in one vote um so well, I think both sides see the same. Like putting it either way kind of seems insane, right? Like one vote with 100 different options or 100 different votes. They both sound pretty, pretty insane. So I, I actually, I have no clue, which yeah. is why uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting too. Because you could, like, I guess you could see something like a, a gauge system where you just have everything that's available. Right. And there is no quorum and you just vote for whatever you think is interesting by percentage of how you want your your voting power to be broken down. Um, I mean, are there are there minimums? Yeah. So like when you when you look at the grant proposals, like if you pass, is there like a minimum that you would receive for the incentives? Uh, I think I think the way that T Norm mentioned it on the forum, I think yesterday or the day before, was that um, it'll go by weight, uh, by amount of votes. Um, so say like you look at like, I think it's like top eight um, mm -hmm. asks for top eight, uh, you know, proposal size um, that that accounts for the whole program. Right. And if you imagine them being maybe the most popular, if you wait, you know, how much they're asking to how popular generally they are, then, you know, maybe only eight people get funded um, because they have the most votes uh, on their proposals. So it doesn't matter if all hundred pass um, only the ones that have the highest amount of votes. Uh, like going from the top down will receive the tokens. So you'd hope that there was a situation where, you know, it's not just the the top end that, that you know, the top eight that get the, get the whole allocation. You hope that some, some in the middle pack would, would get some and some at the bottom as well. Um, but, you know, I, I think this is kind of, 
again, going back to this is a test. This is the first um, time that this has happened. And, you know, by designing it in such a way, you're getting an outcome that that was kind of almost predestined, right? You have a large ecosystem, you have a small amount of tokens, and, and this is the result. Um, so maybe in the future, it's a bit more targeted. Maybe there's seasons, maybe it's, you know, split up in a lottery system or something, but who knows? Um, I, I think I think really what's just going to happen is, is, you know, whatever happens, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think like, you know, as we move forward and if we have another one of these, like everyone will be more efficient, you know, I think, um, you know, no one had the ability to even build a framework of what it looked like to, of who you would allocate to. Um, and suddenly you have slapped in the face with a hundred plus proposals. We've obviously got through a, some sort of stage of building a framework and try and scoring things objectively, um, as well as obviously all the subjective things that, that come with it. So I think we'd be well, we'd be much more um, ready to attack it in a, if we knew there was a hundred coming in, when I started doing it, there was five. And then, so the workflow I built was not necessarily made for what actually happened in the end. Uh, so, what, yeah. I have another uh, small uh, angle to, uh, to talk about. Uh, do you think that uh, basically everyone just, uh, or most people just got too much? Uh, I mean, not got too much, just ask for too much. Like, are most uh, requests just too big? Or is it just negotiation? How do you guys see that? Uh, well, I think to me, that's 12 sorry. and a half million. Uh, for yeah. uh, sorry, if there's 120 million for 50, the answer is, of course, somebody's asking for too much, right? For sure. Um, is, it, yeah. is it everybody or is it uh, most? Or how do you see it? Like, and I, I also, think... is it mostly strategy? Is it negotiation? How do I don't know. Like, I think, I think if you look at like the asks, right, like first off, it's, it's kind of the framework, you know, there was the different vote categories and, and they were laid out assuming a certain amount of people would apply and, and kind of, I think they've had more than expected. Um, but there was no cap on the, on the largest tier. The largest tier was 2 million and above. So you can just kind of ask what you want them. And that's kind of what we've seen, right? We've got, you know, from GMX, I think they had 12 and then, um, you know, next one down is, is is marks and it kind of continues in that in that fashion um maybe limiting the top end would be nice as it distributes you know further down the chain but um i think you know like again it's a test and we'll, we'll see what the outcome is but i think it would be interesting to see what it, what it would look like if a lot more protocols got got the uh got the incentives like as in like a wider range of uh of protocols had incentives running through them and see what that what that uh, activates within the ecosystem and, you know, how liquidity flows and things like that. That would be an interesting experiment, but I think, you know, this is from my view, it's, it's kind of built to support the, the larger players from how it's, you know, been structured. So, yeah. Well, we, we will see a quick vote. So after the on-chain voting period is done on the 11th of October, uh, the new application period starts just a day later, it looks like on the 12th of October for round two, and that will finish up in November 9th. So lessons learned during this period can be applied to the next one, which I'm sure will happen. If there's any ARB left. Yeah, if there's any ARB left, right. I mean, there should be. I mean, if in theory, the voters you know, should be looking at this and saying like, oh, hey, you know, we have round two coming up. Uh, 
in maybe in round two, we we if if we're like very heavy towards voting for incumbents and the protocols with higher TVL and more dominant market share, maybe we should focus on smaller protocols next time and and see how that goes. I mean, the optimist in me wants to see that happen, um, but the pessimist in me is is probably thinking that we'll get we'll get it all done in this round, mm -hmm. um, and yeah. We'll, we'll have to wait till the next one for, for everyone else to, to kind of have their shot. Um, yeah. As it will probably be a more nuanced program. You mean for the for application round two or for like the next season of Arbitrum Grants? Next season. Um, I, I mean, I think, I think, you know, as it is, you know, the community voted this through and I think that there'll be, um, there'll be an outcome. But I, I guess, yeah, this is data to be able to tune the program uh, and go from there. Cool. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up on. We've gotten to the top of the hour, and I want to make sure not to keep everybody here for hours on end. Uh, I want to thank the, everybody that's been watching this. We had a huge amount of people that tuned in today. Like we set a record with 30. Uh, it's, it's really interesting how this Arbitrum incentive program is going to play out, and we will find out, probably have another show next week once the voting is wrapped up so we can talk about the, the outcomes and who are the big winners and losers. Uh, but it does look like uh, there is a, a, a lot to work through on this program and a lot to iterate on. And, you know, it's just the first one. And so a lot to learn. Uh, so when Moon already dropped off, so when thank you for being here. But uh, Louis and AJ, also thanks for being here as well, too. Uh, Adamus, um, do you guys want to, uh, AJ and Louis, do you want to talk about perennial again before we head out? Are they here? I think they dropped out or something. Adamus, do you want to talk about Castle Capital and what you guys are doing? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, thanks everyone for joining today. Um, come have a look at us um, on Twitter, Castle underscore underscore Cap. Um, we are, you know, quite a multifaceted group of about fifty guys um, and gals, you know, doing things within um, the crypto space, mainly in DeFi, um, and the majority of us bridging to Arbitrum on day one. And been there for a while so we're very involved in arbitrary governance um, we do a lot of um, open public research and we write a weekly newsletter uh, and we also have a business arm which which provides consultancy services and advisory yeah. services to to teams building in the space so do hit us up we're constantly generating content uh, and looking for for new giga brains to, to come and join the ranks yeah sorry sam I, I was i was still here but i was just getting kicked out of um smartcon um oh, yeah. But yeah it's um yeah basically like perennial wow, wow. We're, we're targeting to launch our v2 tomorrow um you know we've sort of like deployed it on arbitrum at the moment so we'd love to we'd love to see some of you out there trying it out we're just onboarding lps at the moment but um yeah our team is sort of you know ex coinbase engineers some some polychain vcs um louis did some work at like gearbox and some other DeFi protocols um yeah, I used to be in like the infrastructure side of DeFi more so, um, hence being here at Chainlink at SmartCon at the moment. Um, but yeah, you can find us on Twitter, jump in the Discord. Um, thanks for having us on, guys. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank Good you. Stream. Yeah. Uh, and we'll probably have to have you back on for uh, your V2 launch to talk about Perennial in full. Uh, Castle, Adamus, I, I really enjoyed the, uh, the thread you guys had on the uh, XCRC20 token today so everybody go check that out we'll have links in the show notes and down in the youtube description 
Uh, thanks everybody for being here, Garrett, DeFi Advisor, as always. Thanks, pleasure. And uh, thanks a lot, sir. It was really great. Really enjoyed your uh, moderation, and I really think we had uh, a very good discussion. And I definitely think the audience uh, really liked it today. And uh, thanks for everyone for their time. For sure, it was yeah. really a lot of fun today. Yeah, I, I learned a lot. Great, great to have you guys on. Really, I really enjoy. I was quiet, but I really, really enjoyed. It. <laughs> yeah, hopefully everybody learned something at home. I learned a ton. Uh, Adamus <laughs> and AJ, you guys were great. And uh, I gotta we'll go see. watch this one again. Actually, yeah, exactly. We'll be we'll be clipping some stuff out of here. So we'll see you again next week to talk about Arbitrum, but and then uh, tomorrow as well too. So thanks everybody. See you. Bye. Cool. Thanks guys. Cheers.